You're listening to the Everyone But Us podcast, straight from the heart of London. What's happening, everyone? We're back. Another episode of the Everyone But Us podcast. Bop, bop, bop. We are here in Nuremberg. This is day six of the Rebellion 8 tour. It's been amazing so far. Been no casualties. No one's fallen in the canal. No one's fucking been found dead or anything. So <laughs> well, it's getting good. Mm, yeah. Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm dead today. Yeah, there's been plenty of beers and plenty of drinks and food going around. So it's been really good. We all kept ourselves hydrated and shit. But anyway, enough of my bullshit talk. We've got a special guest here today. A very special guest. Very, very special. No, a very, 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 very special guest. Someone who a lot of people in the hardcore scene would definitely know, would have heard his band, would have definitely hung out of him at many shows in the US and of course here in Europe. So I'd like to take this opportunity to welcome Brian, Death Before Dishonor, to the podcast. Pleasure to be here. Pleasure to be on your podcast. Thank you very much. And the pleasure is all ours as well. For sure. So, so how you feeling, man? How you been? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, On tour. Tour's been great. A little shot from drinking and running around on stage every night but, <laughs> but now nah, the tour's been great i'm feeling uh feeling good nah, that's cool man i saw on uh the gram instagram that you just you got, just got married as well isn't it yeah yeah i got married uh this past year um 2018 but yeah i've been with her for 10 years so it's like oh no great man i just want to say congrats man congrats you. on Thank that you. congratulations yep i'm an so- adult an adult, yeah. We all have to grow up at some point. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I've still got plenty of growing up to do. Don't worry about that. <laughs> so like, like Lewis said, man, we're out on the Rebellion 8 tour and I've been watching DBD every night and you guys have been killing it, man. So how's it been for you, like this tour so far? I think this tour has been great. Um, Response-wise, kids have been getting into it. Uh, I think all the bands are great. I think this package is awesome. Um, it's great to be on a tour with other bands that... I enjoy, you know, all you you guys, all the bands. I mean, it's just been, it's been great, and I think this tour has been great for us as a band. You know, it's been it's been a little bit since we did like a proper European tour. So yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're over here in 2017, I think, or yeah, something for like 10, 12 shows or something like that. But it was like Spain, Portugal, stuff like that. A couple Germany shows, but was that when you played? Uh, I think the last time I saw you in Europe was Eperfest. Was that yeah, two thousand. Yeah, I think that was a one-off though, wasn't it? Maybe something or a couple that of shows around it. That was a last time we were at Eperfest might be two thousand and fourteen. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we did one other run after that, and just I don't know, they just had a lot of stuff going on in life. So we're still touring and doing stuff, but we weren't coming over here like we used to. We used to come over like two, three times a year. So um, now we're gearing up. We just recorded a new record, so we'll, yeah. we'll be coming back some more. Cool, man. We're definitely going to talk about a new record a bit later on, man. Yeah. But I just wanted to like go back in history a bit like for the people that don't know I think okay. everyone does know you're from Boston yeah we're from Boston so uh, I was just like wanted to talk about how did you get into the Boston hardcore scene how did you discover it uh, when I was younger I was into like when I was a kid I used to listen to like hip hop and then I got into metal and then uh, I remember someone played uh, Agnostic Front for me so I was like I was like okay this is cool and then I went to see like Biohazard in Boston this biohazard in this band called Stompox in like 94, 95, I forget what year. And uh, yeah, it was just crazy. And I was like, dude, this is cool. And like the dudes from the bands are just there. Like it wasn't like a concert, you know what I mean? And just from the rip, like I fell in love with hardcore and just started like going to as many shows as I can, all that stuff. And then from there I was like, oh, I could start a band. Like, why not, right? Exactly. And then, you know, I've you know, i been trying to do bands my whole life. Like, you know, 
from the town I grew up in and just being like, yo, find a guitar player, this and that. It never worked out. And then, yeah, I don't know. I just, then I started a band called Incision in like the 90s or something like that. There was a club called 121 in Brockton. Oh, uh, yeah. It's kind of a well-known club in the 90s. Um, and the bands used to rehearse there. And then there was a stage there. So back in the day, like, craziest shows. And then I started a band there. And then that was, I don't know. I think my first intro and introduction into the Boston hardcore thing was then Boston Beatdown. Oh, <laughs> I know you hate talking about them, though. I hate talking about them. Yeah, that was a different time. Yeah, like, I know. Yeah. Was it, but was it like, was the scene... You know, people always ask these things because like, you know, the violence and the shit like that. Of course. People love violence. <laughs> I mean, I always say this, man. I don't think Boston was a very violent place. Like, I, with the Boston Beatdown... Some of that shit was that shows. A lot of the shit was in the street. Now, where a lot of the shows happen, Boston has a lot of like kids that go to college, universities, and stuff like that. So it's a real mix. And it, a lot of the fights would actually happen after the shows because they were like downtown Boston, like a Red Sox game would be getting out and hardcore kids would be getting out, and then fights would just happen. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, you know, drunk idiots and stuff yeah. like that. But I mean, Boston always had a great hardcore scene there's a lot of big guys in Boston so you know it seems yeah, yeah, like yeah. you know when you got like a 250 pound guy stage diving you're just like oh shit this is oh, wild shit. you know what I mean move <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and I feel like people like mosh hard and stuff Boston's always had like a lot of energy show wise yeah, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah it's nah yeah I wouldn't say it's you know things happen of course I mean but especially nowadays too like you don't really see that much bullshit anymore I feel like a lot of that stuff was like back in the day I was thinking that was like pre-camera phones wasn't it who had, oh, yeah, who, yeah, who, yeah, had, yeah, who was yeah. the TMZ guy with the camera catching all these fights yeah I mean what, see what happened was this is the thing like so in Boston there's a street called Lansdowne Street there's like there's, there was three big clubs back in the day or, there were three clubs there was Avalon which was like the massive venue then there was Axis which was like maybe like I don't know 600 people and then Bill's Bar they're all next to each other so Lansdowne Street's here and Fenway Park's right there so you're like downtown Boston and Bill's Bar would do hardcore shows on Monday nights and shit like that but we would just hang out there we knew everybody that worked there so there were fights all the time so people just started bringing cameras because oh, they were sure. like <laughs> Friday, Saturday night a fight's gonna happen and that's literally what people were doing you know what yeah, I'm saying yeah, but yeah, yeah this yeah. was pre um, pre cell phone stuff like that that's like early level uh World star hip hop fucking shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Yeah. And, and, and World star. <laughs> there was just so many. Even with that DVD, you know, when the dudes were doing it, there was just so many. They had so much footage of fights and cool hardcore stuff like shows. Yeah, yeah. And, and I remember at that time, I think there was like the thing called bum fights or shit. Something oh like, shit! Uh, do you remember that fights? shit? Yeah. So they were like, "Yo, these dudes are making money off of fights. Why don't we just compile fights, add some hardcore stuff to it, and then there you go. And that's what you got." Oh shit! So there, yeah. yeah. See, I had a business model yeah. behind it. Yeah, all. they definitely had a business <laughs> model. I mean, they yeah. try to try to work it. Oh man, let's get back to the music, man. So I was looking into the history of Boston, man. Like the bands, like I was doing a bit of a search, and it's incredible, man. Like yeah. I got, um, I got a few listed there: Slapshot, yep, Blood for Blood, yep, Ten Yard Fight. Yep. I didn't know Bane was. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't know that. Have Heart, yep. American Nightmare, I'm sure you can name a few more. Yeah, I mean, there's so yeah. many, like, even, like, way back in the day, like, Negative Effects, like, you know, uh, SSD, you know, those are, like, the OG bands, like, that started Gangrene and Jerry's Kids and all that stuff. And, I mean, Boston's always had a rich history of bands. Uh, I think a lot of this goes back to, like, the university and stuff. A lot of kids come into town 
for college? Oh, is there yeah. the, the university? There's a university in Boston. So many universities. Oh wow. We have a lot of yeah. It's like Boston College, Boston University, uh, Harvard. There's just so many universities. So a lot of kids come in town for college, end up staying or starting bands and get into hardcore. And get it all, go, all goes downhill from there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So oh, yeah, I remember someone was saying about all the um, all the colleges and stuff. Yeah. Obviously from colonial times obviously that's where they set up all the exactly yeah, yeah, East Coast. Yeah. that's where most of them all like Princeton, Harvard and all the sub shit like yeah. that yeah yeah so Boston's always had like a rich history of and even like before I was going to shows in the 80s like it was like one of those places that like a founding city of hardcore kind of like New York you know New York Boston, DC they were yeah. well known big like straight edge movement back in the day like even before Slapshot his old band was like negative effects and and they were they were like known as the Boston Crew and they all straight edge guys and I they used to be like hardline straight edge. Holy shit, man! Yeah, yeah. So it's it a it's a it's a interesting history. Was there like any particular band that you really gravitated to? That was like, yeah, this is making me. You know, it's weird because there was a lot of local bands that like got me into the music stuff. Um, as far as the bigger bands, I mean, Blood for Blood. Um, there's this band called Brawl Park. They, it's weird. They're just like a local band, but and and they play bigger hardcore shows. They didn't like tour a lot. But I met, I met their drummer. He worked at Domino's Pizza, and I worked at Domino's. And he was like, "Yo, you can come down to my band rehearsal." And they were playing shows like Madball and, and stuff like that. So that helped me get into like the actual music aspect of it. But I, as far as me, like most influential band was Agnostic Front when I got into hardcore. Like that really was. So like, that it was like the more yeah. That was like when I heard One Voice, I was like. This is perfect. This yeah, is yeah, everything that, I want. That, and to this day, it's one of my favorite records. Oh, cool, man. That's fucking, yeah. I would, I would say Biohazard. Biohazard for me. Yeah. Then, then from Madball, I learned about Agnostic Front. It's, but yeah, 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 Agnostic Front was definitely one of my favorite. What about you guys? Um, earliest bands, well, what got me into it, like American Man's definitely Madball. So it's kind of mad. I'm actually on a tour with fucking Madball as well. Like pretty surreal for me personally. Yeah, for real. But yeah, it was just Madball. Listen to them. And then after that, just checking out some local shit from where we're from in the UK. And then obviously getting that into the Russian stuff. Right. And that's how I got into it. I went that path from um, Biohazard. My mate was into Biohazard. And he was just like, yeah, check this out. Check this out. I was like, holy shit, man. Um, that was like just when State of the World Address had just come out so he showed me that and then I heard Urban Discipline I was like so good. fuck yeah, man, that's, just, that's yeah. a great record yeah. and then and then someone showed me Mad Boy it was on there some kind of sampler tape with a magazine they, they had uh, Lockdown on there and I was hooked and then I then I got into Sick of It All and shit like that yeah, standard yeah, 90s yeah, old guy yeah. I, getting I into like hardcore it's shit yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah Agnostic Front definitely did it but like you said Biohazard Urban Discipline, I was just like, you know, that was amazing. Record, Madball man. set it off. Um, yeah, so on, too. No. I think it's all, yeah, you're right. It's typical. That it's, era, do you know, we always have this thing. discussion every time with all the people that we have on the, sh on, the, on the podcast, and the stories are kind of the same, yeah. you know what I mean? But, like, it's always cool to find out from other, pe from other people how they discovered hardcore, man. Absolutely. I think it's always cool. But uh, before Dishonor started in 2000, right? 2001. So, 2001 so if we go more into detail what was that process like uh, did you <coughs> how did you find your guitar alright so I had an old band called Incision we were a band for like I want to say like four or five years like we put out one CD but you know we never like toured properly we did weekends and stuff like that was that a straight hardcore band yeah it? just straight up hardcore band yeah. um, and then that band fell apart and then uh, how did, my guitar player 
he was in a band called League of Pain, my original guitar player back in the day. Yeah. And they that was another like local band. Their band broke up and I was like, all right, well, time to start a band. And the drum my original drummer was a drummer for my old band too. So me and him started looking for members. So we got Eric on guitar. He would played for League of Pain. We knew him and then Frankie I met. Frankie's a little bit younger than me. And uh I remember asking him because I was trying to find some younger kids. I'm like, you know anybody who plays bass? And he's like, uh, yeah, I play bass. And I'm like, you don't play bass. Because <laughs> funny story, before my drummer was like, yeah, for sure going to do it, we were kind of looking for a drummer. One day at the rehearsal space, Frankie was there hanging out. And he's like, I play drums. And he started playing drums. He couldn't play drums. He, like, he can hold a beat, but he's not like a proper drummer. Yeah, he couldn't lie. So when he was like, I can play bass, I'm like, all right, here we go. <laughs> I'm like, all right, you can come down and try out. But I'm like, I was saying, I'm like, this kid sucks. I'm beating him up and taking his shit. Now, this is when he was younger. <laughs> monstrous as he is now. But he come down and he was like, he was real like a blues bass player. Like he did it for oh, school shit. shit. And we were like, Sick. boom. So <clears throat> that's how that lineup, you know, the original lineup, got compiled we were just we just wanted to do a hardcore band i wanted to like tour so you know the early days were definitely like learning curves like you know we did a demo and then we did true to death and then you know all that stuff was you know we did weekend stuff not a lot of touring you know a lot of weekends a lot of weekends a lot of local shows we flew out to california with like hoods they they booked us out there for like a week tour and then finally like you know, right before when we wrote Friends Family Forever, we're like, all right, this is like, you know, you, you, you have learning curves. So we're like, this yeah, is yeah. what we want to sound like. Uh, and then, uh, you know, we, we're getting, getting a decent following in Boston and stuff like that. And uh, we were looking for a label. And uh, I was like, um, I sent out a couple of different people the, the demos for, you know, the pre-recording of Friends Family Forever. Yeah, yeah. Nobody would do it. Nobody. Then I talked to Chris Rand from Bridge Nine. I see him at shows. I didn't know him all, but I was like, yo, man, like, and he wasn't into like the Trudel Death record and stuff. And he came and saw us and he was like, oh shit, this is great. And uh, so he signed us and then Friends Family Forever. And that's when we like really started touring. So that was like 2005 yeah, yeah. and everything just took off. And we were like on the road like 250 days a year. Oh shit, man. Wow. Yeah, dude. That's so fucking intense. Man. It, it was like, and it, and it, it was crazy because we had always wanted a tour. But I mean, just because you want to tour doesn't mean that like you can make it yeah, work. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, it's hard. So when Friends Family Forever came out, Bridge Nine it was coming out on Bridge Nine, and around the same time, like like a month before it came out, there was a tour in Europe. It was Agnostic Front, Terror, and Diecast. It was called the Unity Tour, yeah. and Terror had canceled that tour last minute. So they needed a four person band because it was like a bus thing, you know? What oh, I mean? so they had four bits. So yeah, yeah, so we got a call because um, Ono Cromag had heard the record and played it for MAD, and. Uh, before it came out and then we got a call like literally they were like yo can you be in Europe it, it was like 10 days away to go on tour with Agnostic Front for 6 weeks I was Holy like yo shit. that's and they say on a bus and I'm like yo I didn't have a passport I had like some court shit going on I literally went yep <laughs> I called up Bridge Nine I was like yo can we borrow money for plane tickets blah, 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 blah. and next thing you know we're on tour in Europe with Agnostic Front for 6 weeks and then then this is this is the craziest here so then that tour is going dope. And this is uh, another voice had come out. So Agnostic Front was touring hard on that. Agnostic Front had a tour in the U.S. afterwards. Bands canceled. Yo, you want to do the U.S. tour? All right. Wow, man. So we did six weeks, Europe, a week off, six weeks in the States with Agnostic Front. Oh, and, it, like, I got to thank Rod. Like, even, you know, AF, 
it's funny because they, you know, they were the band that got me in hardcore. But even when we came over and played, they were just such solid dudes. Yeah, like yeah. because like we just clicked it right from the rip on, yeah, yeah. on that first tour. And they, when the band fell off, Roger was like, "Yo, you want to do this tour?" Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm like, holy shit! And he pushed for us to get on, and it's just, dude, they've done so much. You know what I mean? Like, you guys have like jobs and shit. Like, yeah, we quit. We were just like, that, that, yeah, like I was saying, wow. like, we, that's what we wanted to do. We didn't yeah. have like real proper jobs. No one had families or anything like that. We're all living at home. So we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, oh, we, we could live at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we didn't. Yeah. I mean, we were like, I was probably the oldest at that point. And yeah, I was living at home. I was like, I didn't have like a steady girlfriend or anything. I'm like, see you later. Like, and that's all we wanted to do. And that just trickled like the fr from like 2005 to I want to say like 2009 or 2008. There was like three to four years where we easily played 200 or 250 shows. Just yeah, you back. guys were fucking... It was crazy, man. It was wild. And then, like, you know, we put out a bunch of records, and then, uh, I don't know, we got older and settled down a little bit. And now, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's, like, that's from the rip. That's how, yeah. like, you know, I, gotta, I always shout out Agnostic Front. They did so much for me. And, like... Sometimes when you get, like, an opportunity like that, it's hard to say no, man. Yeah, yeah. You don't and there was it. nothing else holding us back. So yeah, it's like, yeah, there's a... You know, if we had kids or something, and that's what's happened with, like, member changes. I've gone through a bunch of member changes. Yeah, like, yeah. even Frankie, who's, like, an original member and still part of the band, he can't tour anymore because he has a kid and yeah, a yeah. proper job and all that stuff. And it happens, you know what I mean? Everyone but us. Straight from the heart of London. I'm going back to, um, I think the first time I heard you guys was that Friends Family Forever Friend, album. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's what introduced me to yeah. you. You know, Born from Misery. Yeah. And then from that, I went back. Yeah. And I, you had the uh, uh, yeah, chew to death. Yeah, yeah. I got it. And because what I like, what I liked about you guys is at the time a lot of bands were started doing a bit more of that me the metallic shit. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. leaving the old. Yeah. And I heard you, it was refreshing to see a band that was doing the old. I mean, you yeah. doing it hard, right, with, right, with the heavy bits of parts in it. But it was, but refreshing. still with the traditional like hardcore sound. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for real. But then I went back to your earlier stuff, and that was. That was pretty much quite beat down, he wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, I, I liked yeah. it as well, yeah, yeah. but me and Lewis that, was talking about it. Was, no, yeah. That was the album that uh, got me into Death Before the Sun. Because yeah. remember, Ammo recommended it to me. Well, I think it was at Distro one time. I was like, yo, pick that up. That's fucking Yeah, hey, Ammo's our boy. Yeah. 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 I, I was like, yo, this shit's fucking real. Like, like proper heavy metallic. Definitely different to all, obviously yeah. the other albums you did afterwards. Yeah, yeah. I mean, originally we were definitely a super heavy... I mean, we weren't like trying to be like. No, you was, it was natural. But like, it was yeah, it was natural, and it was like some of it was like my original guitar player, the way he wrote music and stuff, and he wrote on Friends Family Forever too. But Frankie started doing a lot more. Yeah. Um, with him, and uh, you know, like I said, it, like in the early days, we were trying to figure out a sound, like not on yeah. purpose, but like you know, you you start maturing, writing, and learning how to write songs, and like what feels normal but yeah we were definitely used to be way heavier I mean we're still heavy no you're, he like, you're still heavy as fuck but it was but yeah, yeah definitely there was more of like a beat down type thing and, and back then you know like I mean Bulldoze there was a lot of heavy bands but it yeah. wasn't like people weren't like yo I'm a beat down band I'm a hard, it, we were just a heavy hard yeah, band yeah 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 now yeah. that's like a like a like a genre almost yeah you know? yeah 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 is that yeah. important to you like keeping the fast acts because pretty much from uh, that album 666 yep. you've your sound's been kind of like, yeah, cons consistently the kind of the same. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Say. Yeah, I agree. I think, uh, <clears throat> like I said, we just kind of found like our sound, and then I think it's just important to like. I like to keep, I like to keep the feel of like some of that old school hardcore in there, but still, I like it heavy too. You yeah, know yeah, what you I mean? Need, you need a mixed a mixture, man. I love heavy music, so it's like I mean, even the way we tune 
makes our sound. Yeah, well, yeah, you it's guys like have got drop some drop, drop B. The guys were telling weird. me last night actually they're in drop B. I was going to ask him because like yeah. when he does that fucking open call, it's like, it just sounds like it was, yeah, yeah. It sounds dirty, so even man, that nice. that tuning alone just helps that heaviness, you know? What yeah, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I like that. Like I like keeping that heavy edge to things, you know? Yeah. And what I also like about you guys is you get the mix between fast, heavy, and sing-alongs, man. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a shit I, I like to listen to. Yeah. We try. Yeah. We, I, I think, yeah, we like to have, like, catchy choruses, try to, and be heavy when it needs to be heavy, be fast when it, you know, just a mix of everything. Yeah, yeah, cool, man. Definitely. I was going to say, um, so let's get uh, touring. Obviously, you answered a few, you've already answered some of the... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But like, how would you say touring from the states to in Europe? Like, how would you say it's different? Um, well, first of all, I feel like the states, most cities, like one year a city could be great, and then it, it has ups and downs. It always does for the states. I just forget, man. The states is. I was having this conversation with someone yesterday. And it's such, it's such a fucking big place, man. It's so it vast. is. It's so yeah. Vast. You can't. Yeah. It's so vast. Yeah. It's so, vast, man. so I mean, and, and now it's. You know, there are small places in the Midwest and stuff that have great shows, but like one year this place could be awesome and then it's just no one's doing shows anymore. Oh, really? Yeah. So, I mean, always the big cities will always do well, but it's it's tough when you get into like middle of nowhere because, you know, say you have a group of kids that like start hardcore bands and they get a venue to book shows, right? That's cool. Yeah. But if you don't keep that going and kids grow up and it's not a major city. Yeah. Exactly. Then, it, then it falls off. <laughs> it falls off. So, I mean, Europe I love because I feel like Europe is like how it properly should be done. Like you play a show and if people enjoy your band, they'll tell their friends the next time you come back. Yeah, yeah, they'll yeah, support yeah. you. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah. and obviously like, you know, the venues and stuff. And a lot of it is because I know it's like, um, the government helps fund some of these things. So there's more yeah, money, yeah, 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 you know, yeah, yeah. where in the States it's like, it's, it's expensive. You got to rent a club or you got to hope the club doesn't give a shit if it gets destroyed. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. England, yes. Like, yeah. I know. I know England's very similar. Europe, yeah, so. yeah. So, I mean, Europe is, and plus with like, I think music is more integrated here into like just regular life yeah. in Europe. Like you, you see these big festivals they do where people go there for the whole weekend and actually enjoy it where like the States has some of that stuff, but it's not like, like it's really like in their culture to like be into like arts and stuff here. And I think that's cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, do you think like, with the, I thought this problem in the UK as well, it's a bit clicky. Yes. Yes. I don't know, the States are saying, yes. whereas Europe, it just seems like they just like what they like. They like what they like, They're a bit exactly. more free-thinking. Yeah, open-minded yeah, about yeah. it. Yeah. I agree, and I, I see that in, I've seen that in England as well, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, there. yeah. But yeah, the States are very clicky, like, and, and you know, we, we've been a band so long that, like, there were times that we were cool, and then the times we weren't cool, cool. Yeah. you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like we're lucky enough, we do have fans, we have people no, that support yeah. us in the States, but, like, you know, one year we could have the best set, this is hardcore. Five years later, people don't care. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, the weirdest yeah. thing. And it's not like we stopped playing well or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it's, yeah, yeah. It's definitely clicking. And I think that's um, like the, the the testament in terms of this particular tour because from the first show, because uh, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of young kids who come in. There's a lot of older guys who come to the shows and obviously women as well. So to see how yeah. people are singing along to your shit, yeah, like yeah. the Leipzig show, like people singing along fucking hard. Yeah, yeah that was cool, yeah. And the show yesterday in um, in Munich, yep. some dude at the end jumped on the, Jump on the on stage. The, on the mic, done yeah. The, uh, what's it called? Um, Boston Cox. Yeah, that's Boston, a Cox yeah. bar fucking uh, cover. cover. Oh, man, that's a good point, yeah, man. That's dope, yeah. man. Cool. How did that come back, that cover, man? You released that, didn't you? Did you release something? Did you yeah. release on something? Yeah, it's like a hidden track. Um, oh, but uh, I don't know, dude. I like the 
older I got, I got started getting more into like oi and punk. Like I still love hardcore. Don't get me wrong, but I was just that's all the same. I was all like, yeah, this is cool. This is cool. And when I was younger, I was real closed minded. I never list. I was like, this is what I listen to. And yeah. they were like, and it sucked because growing up in Boston, like bruises would play with Blood for Blood, and I, I would be at these shows, but I, I never really paid attention to like the oi yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I was like, I was ignorant. I was. Dumb. Oh, I, I was. was like, a, I was. Yeah. You know, like yeah. you have your stuff, and I, you would watch bands and be like, ah, oh, that's different. So. The older I got, I was like, and I don't know, that song clicked. And I, I saw like maybe AF or something. Someone covered it into New York. And I was like, yo, it'd just be fun to cover it. And I thought the song was great. That band's amazing. <laughs> yeah, look, I, yeah. You know, sometimes we do covers just like we did a, a Intimidation by the Bruisers on another record. Just just to have fun with something. You know what I mean? Really just paying homage to the band. But at the same time, like, we're like, yo, this song's cool. Like, let's just do a cover. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think yeah. you do that cover, just uh, do it pretty well as well. Like the yeah, you, you definitely you had your own spin to it. Yeah. I really, I really like that. That uh, yeah, I remember you done an EPA man, and that was like just fucking. Yeah, it was wild. Yeah. You know what? I love that shit with the pylons and shit, and everyone yeah, singing, man. So great. Like yeah, and everyone's just involved in the shit, man. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So man, yeah, you've had like your three releases, isn't it? Uh, the next one was Count Me In. Yep. And then Better Ways to Die. Yep. The Better Way to Die is. I really enjoyed the album as well. There's some of the riffing in it, some of the guitar riffs in it. Uh, I don't know if Steve's heard it. It's really interesting. Like a lot of um, yeah, there's weird, 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 weird different. Some, yeah, some. I can't explain it. Yeah, Frankie yeah. does some weird like. But it sounds sick. Chord progressions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's always been like that. And I think with Better Ways to Die, we had a little more money, and we like took our time. Like we were. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. before that, we weren't like we were touring but we kind of had like a little break and actually said we're going to write this record blah 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 like Count Me In we were like touring and we were like writing as we go we were home for a week try to write some songs Better Ways to Die we had a little more time and I think like Frankie really Frankie wrote a lot of that stuff and I think he was really just trying to like see what he could do kind of touch on everything you hear a little bit of thrash in there you hear a little punk yeah yeah I did, you hear a little metal in there yeah. but it's still like a hardcore record yeah you know yeah I mean? yeah um, <clears throat> it, it's probably one of I mean I think to listen to that record, I'm like, damn, this record's pretty cool. Like, I, I think it's cool. Like, I love it. I, 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 I really enjoyed it. There's, man. Di there's definitely little things in there. We had some woes and the stuff, and we just kind of just expanded on what we were doing in a way. You know what I mean? That's a thing that I have that I find being in a band for a long time. You get to a point where you wanna, you wanna try new things, but it's like, but not go too far. Not, not too, yeah, you, it's, it's finding the balance, man. Absolutely, like, yeah. that's what we were trying to do. Where it's like. You know, you listen to a little different music. You're like, all right, you know, we we, we like a little bit of this punk. Like, how do you fit woes in here? And yeah, we're yeah, yeah. Hardcore band too. Like, we yeah, tune yeah. them down. So, like, even doing the like, Coxbar thing, like, we're like, can we even do it? Like, with the way we tune and stuff. And yeah. I was like, um, but yeah, with that record, we kind of just just try to like capitalize a little bit on everything that we we're trying to do without getting too far. Yeah, yeah. Gone. You know, what I mean? from who you are. Yeah, absolutely. What's your out of them three albums? What one would you say is your favorite? It's like, what tough one? because I think Better Ways to Die to me, listening wise, is my favorite. Yeah. But Friends, Family, Forever was so important to the band, so it's really tough to say between the two. Would you, you know? say that was the one that put the band on the? Oh, back absolutely. Line, yeah. When Friends, Family came out was when it really, when we yeah, really yeah, popped. Yeah. Like, yeah. And you shot that video, innit? What video was it? Um, the video was breakthrough at all. That was for the Count Me In record. Oh yeah, yeah. But see, the thing with friends for me forever was all those tour opportunities kind of popped right there and then all of a sudden boom 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 we're on tour everything's going great so you know that that had a big to do with it ah uh, cool man was it there was there was a period when you guys kind of not went off the map but you wasn't playing much was it well like so you didn't really hear too much from you guys yeah 2009 better ways that i came out we tore we toured that for a few years kind of hard and then frankie quit the band 
not quit, but he quit touring. Like, he was getting married. He was having a kid. And then that kind of, like, messed everything up. And then, you know, I just had personal stuff going on. My dad was sick. I was getting married. Like, so we kind of, yeah. we didn't stop. We never stopped. We just kind of... Took a little break. Took a little yeah. break. A breather sometimes. Yeah, we played that, at home and this and that. And then that's why even leading up to this, like, we didn't do a lot last year for shows. And this year alone, we've already been, we did um, we did a weekend with Madball in the States. Did a show with Tara. I got some stuff coming up. We're doing this Rebellion tour, plus leading into this new record. So we're going to definitely, it's, it, it's cool. It's, it was cool to take a little break. And now kind of gives me a little more, like with the new record and these, these tours that we're doing right now, it kind of yeah, gives yeah. me a little new life back into the band. I think sometimes like, yeah, you need to kind of, stop doing it to miss it again yeah yeah oh, yeah. Me, yeah. No, you're totally right like i love yeah. it and i love to i said this forever i'm like i could never stop touring and then eventually like real life gets in the way and you have yeah, like cool. real things to do and you know all of a sudden you get married now now i'm not living in my parents house anymore i gotta pay rent i gotta do this yeah, gotta yeah, do yeah, that. yeah, yeah. And like you know all of a sudden like and you get change so many band member changes because other people priorities change and i'm just like what am i you know what am i doing man how many band changes have you gone through man so, probably a bunch <laughs> i mean I, don't, I can't even remember that. I mean not like too many luckily like Colin and Ben yeah, have been with me for like a while Colin's been in the band probably like seven years now and yeah, Ben yeah. I think five I could be wrong but so me Colin and Ben have like a strong yeah yeah like, yeah a good foundation and like even like working into this new record we've had songs forever but we never just were like okay we're gonna write a record we we're all kind of just like Still burnt, like, because Colin did a lot of touring with us, coming out of Better Ways to Die, and um, he didn't record on that record. He came in the band afterwards. It was just, like, a lot, and then we were, like, you know, finally, like, it clicked, and, like, we got these songs, we got to, like, we had, we, the recording date got thrown on us, and we like, fuck, we got to record a record, so now... I don't know. Now I'm excited on the band. It's great. <laughs> and we have a solid foundation. You They're know? solid people as well. Ben and Colin. I, I yeah. met Ben the first time at Epifest 2014 and like just introduced ourselves and he's like most friendliest person. Yeah, he's like, great. Really, really good dude. So it's good to see him again back on the tour because I was even thinking, is he still drunk for them? Because like, I wasn't particularly yeah, sure yeah, yeah. when I see him. Yeah. Like, yeah. She walked out there, I was like, oh shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so and Austin's been him. helping us out for, um, oh, he's been, when do we do it? Maybe Austin's been in the band for like three years now. He's been in for like, he, we did a Madball set it off like anniversary tour. I want to say that was, what year was that? Maybe three years ago. And he, that was the first tour he did with us. And he, uh, <coughs> yeah, I mean, he was just filling in and then he's just done every tour since. So and he's I just mean, like, so now he's in yeah, like. Yeah, he's <laughs> one of the guys. Yeah. So we're here now at a new album. Yep. Finally. It's um, on Bridge Nine. It'll be put out on Bridge Nine. It's going to come out. I don't have yeah. the exact release date. Like, it's going to come out in July. Um, like I said, the, the guy that recorded the records, we recorded with Zeus, who's done like Hatebreed and Municipal Ways and stuff. Good producer, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And he's like, he, he, um, he, was, he wanted to do the record and we had to kind of work with his schedule. He just had a lot of big projects. And then like this whole thing just dropped. He's like, he saw the Madball dates and where he records the drum room is in Connecticut, right where the tour ended. And he was like, yo, you guys want to do this record? I'm like, oh shit. Oh shit. <laughs> he hit us yeah. up like right after Christmas. So it was like, and like I said, we had had the songs, we demoed songs, but there was still some work to be done. And we were like, all right, cool. And then, yeah, we got in there and recorded it. And uh, that's why it's not like, 
<clears throat> there's no like proper release. That's why like you know Bridgeline's going to announce it. I think in April they couldn't announce it just yet because it's not going to come out till July. Uh, okay, cool, man. So what we got a title? Yeah, it's called Unfinished Business. Uh, I knew about when you to to us. <laughs> yeah, and. Uh, um, Unfinished Business, it's eight songs, so it's not really like a full length, but it's not an EP either. It's just like, you know, we had other songs, and, and part of it was budget, and this is the first time me, Colin, and Ben have recorded together. So, and I also think, I didn't want to have like a record with like too much fat. Like, I just wanted to be right to the point. I, I kind of went back to the Friends Family Forever mentality. Yeah, yeah. Friends Family Forever was originally just an EP. We... Bridge and I re-released it with some like additional songs and made it a full length. But I was like, you know what, man? Like, I just want to come out. It's been so long because it'll be ten years this July since we put out a record. And I was like, I don't want to put out a record with any fat. Just like boom, these songs, these songs are banging straight through. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that sort of suits the the, the modern listenership as well now because yeah, a it's all playlist band. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Kids don't have time to be sitting there listening to fifteen tracks and shit. They'll just hear yeah. what the tracks they want to hear and just put it on, as you said, a absolutely playlist or yeah. something like that. So once it's released, are you planning to hit back into York? Are you going to do your own headlining tour? Ah, uh, all the like ins and outs have been planned because, like I said, it all kind of just the timing dropped, and then like Bridgeline's like, all right, like I just sent the masters out before we literally finished recording like two weeks before the tour or a week before the tour. Yeah, so yeah, like yeah. nothing's like properly been done. We were supposed to come back to Europe in August for a couple festivals, but I think because of when the album's going to be announced, I think we're going to hold off. We're going to scrap sense. that and come over in November, but. Definitely with this record, I'm like, I love the record. I think it's great, and it makes me want to do more. I'm not going to do 200 days a year anymore. Yeah, yeah. But, but we're definitely going to, we really want to do some more stuff. So when I get home from this, you know, it, it's kind of like a snowball thing. I see it happening again. We, we did some cool shows at home that went really well. This is going well. And I think with the announcement of the record, people are like, okay, cool. And I think it'll help snowball into much more things. Nah, that's fucking brilliant, man. Well, I think we've hit everything, man, unless there's anything else. You guys um, want to chat about? One question I want to ask. Um, Brian, what do you think of like uh, the current state of hardcore? Because I mean, hardcore's bigger than ever like now. I mean, yeah. obviously with the internet and now we've got new technology with um, downloads, etc., Bandcamp and all these other things that come with it. How do you see it? Do you see it as a, a, a good thing or a bad thing in terms of like attendance for shows, etc.? It's, I think, you know, it's tough to say. It's definitely bigger than it's ever been. You know, in the States, there's some younger bands that are on, like, massive, like, Vane and yeah. Code Orange, like, those bands. You know, and, and traditionally, they don't sound like a traditional hardcore band, but they're hardcore kids, you know what I mean? Yeah. And they're on, like, massive tours. And I, I think that's cool. I mean, I think this. I think that I've been asked this a lot, a lot of times, and I feel like hardcore's in a good place, and hardcore will always be hardcore, right? Yeah. I think that the day and age of, like, going out and finding it and all the work that you put into it like back in the day like when we were kids that's gone because that you know but that used to make it a little more special to people like us yeah. Yeah. and i and i don't want to say young kids don't have that because some of them still may feel like that but where it's so readily available like you can just jump on spotify and, and, and learn about a band where yeah. we would have to look at a thank you list and or or go to a show and see all the bands you'd watch all the bands because you'd be like i want to learn about more bands yeah, yeah. now kids can go i just want to see this band what time yeah. they go on uh, i just want to see this i can just want to pick this song i just but on the other end of the spectrum it also opens it up for band wise a lot more people to hear about it or find out about it or yeah, yeah. maybe helps attendance at shows and stuff like that yeah, yeah. so always i feel like every era 
it's always a double-edged sword. You know what I mean? Because people yeah, like, is. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, want to yeah. hate on the new kids at all because I think like, I think there's a lot of cool stuff going on. I see a lot of young kids like doing bands and shows and, and all that stuff. So it's always, hardcore will always be there. The, the fundamentals will always be there. Right. I just think that with each new era, that original mindset of how do you find out about bands? That's you know, true. before you'd be like, Oh, this dude has tattoos, so you must... What's up, man? Because only certain people had tattoos. Now everybody yeah, yeah. has tattoos. That's correct. Yeah. Right? That's not even a subculture thing anymore. Now yeah, it's yeah. mainstream society. So I feel like with the music, you know, hardcore is a little more mainstream, but then there's still dudes that, like, are just hardcore dudes. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, so, yeah. you know, there's people that, like, will venture into this that maybe saw Vane play with, I don't know, some big metal they were on tour thursday right so maybe they get into some hardcore you know and maybe some of these people that would never have heard of hardcore they'll get on spotify and hear about other bands and all of a sudden get into the music right we all came from somewhere yeah yeah so, no yeah, i totally yeah. agree man i think like for the younger bands as well it's easier to access music but yep. also people's attention is a lot smaller smaller yeah so you got the band's got to really stick out yeah, like, yeah i agree that's what no, so even with the new record, kind of like what you were saying, like, I mean, that's the other thing, aside from just not putting out too much stuff, people's attention spans are short. Mine is, too. Yeah, yeah, you know mine, I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's like, everything's got to be quick. And like you said, yeah, for a younger band, like, you have to make sure if someone's going to click on that Spotify, it's got to resonate. It's got to be good. Yeah, it's got to yeah. be good. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You're almost like yeah. up against it now. It's like 20 seconds. If it's not giving me any impact within 20 seconds, it's like moving on. Because think about it, back in the day, right? You would go, all right, I only have $10. I'm going to buy a CD, yeah. right? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. If that, and sometimes you wouldn't even know. Sometimes I'd buy a CD or a tape and look and be like, all right, I think this is a hardcore band. I don't know, right? <laughs> yeah. And you already paid your money. You're going to listen to that thing. I was going to say even that. Even if it exactly sucks, you're going to listen to it, right? Because yeah, you're like, yeah. I just paid, you're not going to go in and return it and get another one. Yeah, yeah, even, yeah, yeah. There's even times where I, I bought a CD and then put it in and listened to it. And I was like, oh, I don't really like this. Yeah. And went back to it like a, a maybe a couple of months later. Yep. And, and then it became one of my favorite fucking Dude, that happens like, too. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, that whole. Uh, it, it's just a different day, you know what yeah, I mean? Definitely. No, nah, cool, definitely. man. Well, well, I want to thank you, man, for taking the time out, awesome. man. I'm, thank you for having me. Yeah, man, man. Yeah, appreciate it. You guys it, are fucking stand up guys. Your fucking band's great. This tour is great. We'll pay you later. Yeah, well. <laughs> is there any um, special shout you want to give to anyone? Uh, just, uh, just all you guys, man. Thanks, man. Uh, anybody listen to this, check out the new record. It'll be out this year and come see us on tour. Dope. But thank you very much. Step before this on up, Brian. Thank yeah. you very much. Amazing guest. And let's drink some more beers. Let's go, yeah, man. Yeah. I, I can't look at alcohol again. <laughs> You're listening to the Everyone But Us podcast, straight from the heart of London. Whilst on the Rebellion tour, we also managed to have a short sit down with Fabio and Simon from Slope, a band from the Duisburg area of Germany that have been attracting attention in recent years. Those lucky enough to have caught the few UK dates they've done in that time will be familiar with their eclectic but hard edge mix of styles. Hello, I'm going to cover this. Oh, sorry, mate. Go on. Fuck's sake. <laughs> Told you I'm not professional. At all. Everyone but us. Straight from the heart of London. I would say Slope are still possibly quite new to people in the UK. Yeah. 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 I think we we started doing music when we were like 16 16 16 yeah how old are you now 17 
And when when we started doing music, I think nobody else of us could do shit. <laughs> like like our guitarist can't can't play guitar at all. Really? Like yeah, no, just no. acoustic Holy acoustic shit. stuff, like Wonderwall and stuff. Oh, <laughs> okay. The idea was uh, we sit together and said, "Okay, guys, what we can do? We can do a bar or we can do a band. Let's yeah. do a band." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Damn like right. This. And uh, Fabio, he wanted to start playing guitar. But then he realized on the first rehearsal he can't play guitar. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he's, he asked, hey guys, can I sing too? And we said, okay, let's sing together. So that's the reason why we have two singers. Steve was the first person to talk about Slope, like yeah. mention it yeah. around our group of friends. When did you first see Slope, Steve? Um, well, the first time I actually got to see Slope play live was the first night of this tour. So I had two occasions where I think you were on the bill of the show and then I didn't make it. I think Epa, yeah. I was there and I didn't make it. I was in bed. I, th I, was, I think I was just still asleep from the night before. <laughs> and um, then there was the sound of the revolution as well and I did exactly the same fucking thing. And I was like, I woke up, I was like, Jesus fucking Christ, I missed him again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I think I just discovered you guys from a, a recommendation on Spotify and I saw the album cover and I thought, it just looks kind of cool so yeah, I, was like, I, like it, yeah, yeah. I just clicked on it and I was just like oh this is fucking starts off with that kind of funky like uh, 9 to 5 yeah. and I was just like oh fuck I like this man um, yeah I mean we're, we've all been really impressed with the shows though definitely, definitely. and we like the, the style as well it's a kind of a fresh kind of style Thank um, you. what made you decide to sort of go in that direction what are your influences on that I think it's like everybody of us is hearing like every type of music. It's not like we're not just into hardcore. We're hearing like very much old stuff, 80s, 90s, jazz, blues, funk. Yeah. Uh, and we just want to do the music that we want to do it, not just keep it just hardcore. Yeah, just you do it. Yeah. It def it, as you just said about the funk and that, it definitely like that's on, I can hear that influence 100% because. Yeah all the little intricate changes into something funky and then something really sort of heavy is like, yeah, blew, blew my mind away when I saw you guys in Amsterdam, I was like, holy shit, like, I didn't realise how fucking much you change your sound just like that. So that's actually a really, really good thing because you don't want to be a one track just doing beat downs or just doing heavy shit. Yeah. So yeah. it's really refreshing that you've got something like that. But yeah. I was going to quickly mention, Losing Grip isn't your first release. Your first release was Helix, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Okay, that's and right. Um, who did you put that out with and how, who was in the band at the time? Uh, I think it, w it was nearly the same people, yeah. but the drummer changed. Oh, okay. Like, like uh, a good friend of us played drums there. Uh, he did a mistake and le left Duisburg. And then Petty joined the, joined the band at 2015, maybe. So you get together, you say you want to form a band. I wouldn't, how did you come up with that style? Like, whose idea was it to say, all right, I want to do the kind of funky thing with the heavy thing? Like, how did it all come together? I think it's like, like, 
everybody's bringing his piece in but when we're writing songs we just do every time we, we do it we do it with all five guys so what um what do you guys have next in mind in terms of release are you planning to maybe go to america or do like a, a bigger obviously this is a big tour but have you got any ideas to do a different tour in the future uh, at the moment we're working on release we want to do a full length okay nice full length we got like yeah we got um so we're planning 12 songs okay nice. and we have now i don't know seven maybe or eight oh, already nice. i've got one, one more question i want to ask you guys what do you because you guys are a bit younger than us so like i'm just curious a lot younger than us a lot younger we're than old. us yeah we're old <laughs> what do you what's what's your lyric con, what's your lyrics usually about like what's the shit that you like to sing about one of course is work work fuck, you, yeah. fuck work like yeah. like yeah yeah, going crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and like the daily struggle stuff like like stress yeah no yeah time. yeah no money like so yeah. pretty much yeah. the same shit that we yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Same, same as us guys thank you very much for coming on same yeah, weeks, man. Man. did you want yeah, to um, say a little shout out to anyone to thank anyone um, yeah of, of course we really want to thank Chris Chris for filling in on, on the tour from Stone Torture yeah thanks Simon who's filling in right now on bass he's normally playing in Red Lord his heavy band okay cool they're pretty cool Yeah. yeah. Well, of course, check out the Illuminator from Dresden. Yeah. It's crazy. Your uh, metal band, really good, really good. Yeah, cool. man. Look up, man. We'll do. We'll do. And I got one thing I say in every interview. One band to watch, and nobody knows him. Totally underrated. Is Keep Them Shut, man. It's keep. like Keep Them Shut. They they like they started a band when they were like kids when they, when they, when they're playing like 17, 16 and ripping shit off. I tell you. Oh, I am cool, man. Well, Slake, man, thank you very much, man. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank you, guys. Respect.
You're listening to the Everyone But Us podcast, straight from the heart of London. <laughs> 